We're delighted today to have Reverend Kerry Tillman with us and his wife Eva from Galveston, West Point Baptist Church. Uh, his wife is here. I'd like for her to stand, please. She's right over here. Eva Tillman. Yes. As those of you who have heard him preach here at our church before, you know that it uh, was a great moment for all of us when we heard him, and he's loved by our pastor who has been his teacher and also says great things about him. Pastor Duane says that Pastor Kilman is an excellent preacher, a great servant of the great king. They have three children, Jackie, Carisha, and Carrie. He is president of the Houston District Association of Pastors. And um, an amazing event occurred during Ike while we here in Houston were running away. He just went to his church building and said, I'll be here. And uh, for the people of his church that could not leave the island, he said, you just come to the church building. And so there they stayed and weathered the storm and he ministered to his people. He's been there 24 years and so you know the people love him. So we're just so glad that God has brought him here today, and I know that you will pray for him as he delivers the message that God has for each heart here this morning. Brother, God bless you. Amen. It is a delight to be in your presence and to worship with you. Uh, I've shared in two other services, and we've made a covenant And so I have to put you under contract as we work through this thing together. I've been given explicit instructions of what I'm to do and how I'm to do it, but I was given liberty to uh, bring you on board the team. I'm not exactly sure how far it is from Galveston to Tallawood. I suspect this is about as far as it is from Tallawood to Galveston. But I'm not sure, but we will agree that it's far enough for you to know I didn't just happen by. I came because I was invited, which means I'm I'm your guest, and as your guest, you're responsible for me. (laughs) It is your job to make me feel at home. When you have a guest in your home, thank you. When you have a guest in your home and they're talking, you talk back to them, don't you? Even if they aren't saying much, you still talk back to them. And so I I expect that as I'm preaching, you'll talk back to me, even if I'm not saying much. Now, I'll help you. If it's pretty good, sounds pretty good and all, then you can say amen. If I miss it and you say, now that isn't in anybody's Bible, then you can say help him, Lord. So in either case, it's either or. I needed you all last night and earlier this morning. This is a good group. We're going to work this thing out together. Your pastor told me that I I am not to leave Tallywood until I teach you all how to say. All right. So now next Sunday or whenever he's back and he gets up and preach, scare him. And just say amen. Even if he hadn't said anything, just say amen. And, and then my job will have been done, and I won't get fired. I don't, want to get, I don't want to get fired. Would you stand with me as we read this word together? Acts chapter 16. We're at verse 6 and following. 
and uh, I, I promise that I will let you go as soon as I get through. <laughs> Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Messiah, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of the Lord Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Messiah and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Think with me for a few moments about the thought, the ministry of dead ends. Thank you. You may have your seats. The ministry of dead ends. <clears throat> In Acts chapter 16, Paul has planned to visit the churches of his first missionary journey, but he is unaware that in the unseen world, God had a greater agenda that was about to unfold. The Bible says that he tried to go north into Asia, but was forbidden. He tried to go northeast into Bithynia, but the spirit of the Lord Jesus suffered him not. So he ends up in this little, small, obscure village called Troas. And there in the night, he has a vision of a man from Macedonia praying, literally crying, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. When one reads this text and glances across the surface, there appears to be little to nothing to work with than mere geography. Forbidden to go into Asia, the Spirit suffered them not to go into Bithynia, and they go to Troas. However, if if you take the time to gaze beneath the surface of the text, you would discover that our chief interest in the passage is, is not geographical, but theological. I want to suggest that there are several theological truths that are present in this passage. Now, I've been talking a few minutes, and you all haven't said, or oh, help them, Lord, or something. Let me, say, let me say, first of all, there are times when God guides us by way of closed doors. Amen. That's a good one right there. <laughs> the Bible says they were forbidden. Another translation says they were hindered from going into Asia. Scripture says the Spirit of the Lord would not allow them to go into Bithynia. Another translation says, and the door was closed to all Bithynia, and they end up in Troas. Now, now it's one thing that we can be sure of. If, if the Apostle Paul set out to go into Asia or Bithynia, we, are, we can rest assured that he gave it everything he, he had because Paul was not half-hearted. If, if he was doing something, he would see it to its, its completion. He had a great deal of stick to Whatever he set out to do, he set out to see it through to its completion. His, his life was not like many of ours with glorious beginnings and premature endings. Paul, by no sense of the word, would be easily deterred. So, so his way had to be blocked by, by God. We're not sure what, what it was that kept him from 
moving forward. We don't know if it was an, an inner feeling or some outward frustration. We don't know if it was by way of vision or by voice. But what we do know is that Paul was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That he was able to see, read, and heed the signpost placed by God. Desirous to go one way, forbidden. Desirous to go another way, forbidden. And then he goes to Troas, keeps moving, waiting on the unction and urging of the Holy Spirit. You and I would do so well to be sensitive in our spirits and in our hearts to the unction of the Holy Spirit. Could it, could it be that, that God has placed up the sign for us? And, and it's not the great hinder, it isn't Satan, but it is the providential work of God himself who moves in our behalf. Has your life been like mine? You started off writing one story, but you end up writing something far different because God has placed roadblocks. He has placed dead ends. He has said no, no further. And it is up to us to see the signs, heed them as God navigates the course of our lives, often through dead ends. We desire to go one way. We seek to go another way. But God places up obstacles in our lives that almost forces us, if we are sensitive, it almost forces us to move so that perhaps we can hear the cries of those around us. God navigates his, his path and positions him where he can hear and heed the cry of those in need. And my friends, there are any number of people around you that are crying out, even from their nice suits and even from their, their nice wardrobe, they're crying out even from what may appear to be wonderful lives. Their cry to us is, come over into Macedonia and help us. God often navigates our lives by bringing us to dead ends. Let me say a second thing. There are times when you have to salvage the leftovers of a broken plan. Think, think about it. Paul, Paul wanted to go to Bithynia, but he ends up in the small village called Troas. He he wanted to go to Bithynia, a thriving metropolis with a large harbor and port, crowded marketplaces where business would be transacted. It would be filled with opportunity and possibility. It, it wouldn't be difficult to get a church started in Bithynia. It's filled with promise and possibility and opportunity. But Troas is an altogether different story. A small village next door to nowhere. Troas is, is the place of broken dreams. Troas is the place where one has nothing to get excited about. In, in one way or another, often our story is like that. We thought we were going one way and we're forced to settle for something else. We seemed headed to Bithynia. We seemed like we were on the right road, but we end up in Troas, the place you never planned on being. And the church said, that place you don't want to be, it is the place of shattered dreams and, 
and broken hopes. It is the place of disappointment. It's not where we want it to be nor plan to be. And so the question becomes, how do you handle life when you're in Troas? How do you handle life when you've been forced to be in a place you never expected to be? But all news is not bad news because Troas with God is better than anywhere without him. G. Campbell Morgan says, Oh, to go, not, not where I may choose, even by my love of the Lord, but where I am driven by the Lord's command. Circumstances of difficulty are opportunities for faith. The measure of our perplexity in service and in Christian life is the measure of our opportunity. Let us follow the gleam, though the darkness threatened to envelop. Let us be true to the inward monitor, and if being true, suddenly illness prevent and we cannot follow, then rest in the Lord in the darkness and know that God's shortest way to Troas may be the authort our inclination and purposes. It is better to go to Troas with God than anywhere else without him. The real truth, my friends, is if, if in Troas it is the Lord's doing, then there's a reason. God has a way of bringing us to the place and to the point where we can hear his voice. God, God knew that if, if Paul had gone to Bithynia, he never would have heard this Macedonian cry. And It may just be God's way to get us ultimately where he wants us to be by bringing us to Troas. Twice Paul had been hindered from going where he wanted to go. Another would have thrown in the tower, but Paul just sits there and patiently waits on God. Luke says, when he shared with us the vision, it became clear that God wanted us to preach the word in Macedonia. Thus, thus the reason we were in Troas is because of Macedonia. If Paul had gone into Asia, he would have covered some old ground. All, all he was planning to do was go by and reaffirm the churches. But God intended for him to plant new churches and to cover new territories. Could it, could it be that while it appears we're on a dead end, that God wants to redirect us? We often miss New opportunities for ministry and service because we spend too much time recovering old steps. And notice, notice further that, that, that there is no debate over the visionary. When Paul speaks the vision, Luke says, we immediately embrace the new plans from God. And we respond to the vision by making ready at once to go into Macedonia. Now let's turn a corner and close. The door, third and finally, that God opens does not guarantee any comfort. One would think that if you're in God's will, if you're in God's plan, things certainly would have to get better. But I am to tell you, those of us who are in our Troases and who really are waiting on God to open a new door and really believe that when God opens that new door, it's going to mean that everything is going to get smooth, finish reading chapter 16. And you will find that they do go to Macedonia and they do arrive in Philippi. And Bible readers will remember 
that it is in Philippi where Paul and Silas would be arrested, beaten, and jailed. And if Silas were anything like me, he would have said to Paul, before you start singing and praying, are you sure (laughs) this is where God wants us to be? I don't always understand what God is up to. I don't always understand what God is doing. I don't even understand Ike nor Tina. But I do know that God works through us and that God can bless us and that God can bring us through. And in the midst of all of the uncertainties of life, we can be confident that God is at work in us and through us to perform his goodwill. Did they question God or God's wisdom? No, they just, they just pressed on. And I think there's a great lesson for us that amidst all of the uncertainties, you can trust God and keep on keeping on. God knows what he's doing. He has a plan. It may not make any sense to us not now, but that's just because God's way are so much higher than ours. When a preacher raises his voice, you're supposed to say, Next time I come, we're going to have this together. It shows us, doesn't it, how intimately God is involved in our day-to-day lives. God is involved in our work. I don't understand many things that happen in our world. I don't understand why God is doing things like he does them. I don't even understand many things that happen in my church and in yours. I do know that the road to victory often looks like the road to defeat. We sing a song in our church that says something about, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine for its skies may turn to gray. I, I don't know what God is up to. And so we say many things About tomorrow, I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know he holds my hand.